Blog Talk Radio. Yo! past 
couple patriarchal millennia that we've been suffering through as a <laughs> as a species. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it needs to just like really remind itself of that backseat and take it and have it. <laughs> just have it. You know, that's one of the reasons I really appreciated doing the women of, of twenty twenty or of women in twenty twenty and having two women speak. Um, this a cis woman and a trans woman, and you know, um, Nick Sykes and I and, and myself had the ability to speak in that as well. Um, start the start the season because otherwise it's like okay, here we go again, like kind of propagating like masculinity as this pinnacle that it's just not. So I need masculinity to just like have a seat and calm down, have a seat in the back and take notes. Absolutely. Um, and, and I look at it like this. I really want to see this whole, a complete teardown of the of these, these societal norms, the idea that masculinity represents a sort of strength that measures feminine energy. It's a weakness. But you, but we glorify women and say, okay, well, women are strong. You contradict yourself. So if, if I'm weak for femininity, then you basically just undone everything that you said concerning your love for women. So it's just, I want to see a breakdown and in, in to, to a point where people understand that masculinity and femininity it, it, it exists within us all. You know, we as men determine determine sex genet- on a genetic level. So for us to be able to do that, we have to have both X and Y. So like, what's wrong with there being sort of an open look at this? And you know, hopefully, in, in destroying those norms, you won't stay caught up in this whole need to categorize people and tell them that because you came into this world this way, that we have to socialize you a certain way in order to, you know, stamp out any potential feminine streak because we don't want you to be seen as weak. And, you know, it's just, you know, these are the remnants of what happens when you when you steal a people. And, I, and it's often said that the worst thing that someone can ever take from anyone is to steal the person themselves. And that's what happened with us. You know, we were stolen and left as empty vessels to be filled with whatever we were told and given this sort of Western view that never existed among us as a people. And I think in changing that, it could open doors for not having these conversations, you know, writing books and actually talking about the fragility of of the of what we understand as masculinity as people of color. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this change and just the fact that this platform even exists and you are, and you and you guys are actually challenging these, these norms and opening these dialogues is, you know, one of many grains of grains of sand that are being contributed to the overall well being of our people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Word. <laughs> like that's completely amazing what you all said. Um, I mean I guess I have a few questions, um, just in terms of like what we even define masculinity as, because I feel like there, there, there's this kind of like need to believe that masculinity is like the opposite of femininity, when like feminine beings inhabit many of these traits that we would consider masculine. Like we, we like we consider masculinity like oh logical. Oh, strong. Oh, um, you know, detail oriented or whatever have you. But it's like 
when we really think about it, like we were just watching the show on Netflix that was um like, you know, doing a bunch of like social science or whatever have you and just like based on human interaction and all kinds of other things. And they found that women and women identified individuals, um, very much are better at things like multitasking, at like seeing the details in a in an image, at you know what I'm saying, all these things that like you would think because they lean it towards masculine being masculine, um, more men would inhabit. So it's like what even what even is masculinity? Oh, also, I forgot, if you guys want to call in, we do, um, this is an open forum, and you're allowed to ask questions and share your thoughts. And so if you're listening with us live on Block Talk Radio slash Anukai, you can call in at 914-205-5458. Again, that number is 914-205-5458. And make sure you follow the Anukai tree on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, um, and YouTube, anywhere where podcasts are found, that's where we are, and have a lot of great episodes and content, and so you can also look us up on IG at at the new country. Yeah, yeah, I think we all have an answer to that, like, what even is masculinity? Well, I've, I've, I've also viewed masculinity and femininity as just, for me, they're just energies. They're not a physical act, you know. And I had to come to that because, you know, it took, like, years and, and I had an entire spiritual journey for me to get to the place to view them as energies that we could all be in possession of. Because I've seen women that were in possession of that, that masculine energy, you know, and I think that it's beautiful and I think that, you know, the worst thing that, we ever did was made it a, a social it was to create this whole social construct of where to where and and within whom masculinity and femininity can be placed you know i was that kid that got told you know don't hold your hand that way don't speak this way don't carry yourself this way don't walk this way and i'm like you know how is the way that i walk or speak or or any of these things a problem and then you know you become an adult and you, you look and you look uh. clearly at who you are and you're like that part of me that that part of me that is feminine has been the, has been a source of comfort to other people in this world. It's you know it's allowed me to nurture pe- nurture people to nurture children that I've raised and things like that. So you know I, I just see them as energies that we're in possession of, and those know just a masterpiece. I I think it's amazing that these energies exist, but to you know dictate that this that this particular energy belongs to just women or just men, and, you know, that's really the big issue here for me in terms of it. But, yeah, for me, masculinity, masculinity, masculinity and femininity are energies to me. I see them as, you know, just energies that we at times just embody one over the other, or sometimes it's a blend of the two. You know? mm-hmm. I think we might need to, re- like, have to repeat some of that because the sound quality is, is acting a little funky, so um, we might have to call back in, um, Bay. All right, so I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Beauteous by Jeff Jack here and have these guys call back in, and hopefully the sound will improve a little bit. Okay. Okay. 
because I was this young man, this kid that was both, you know, a rambunctious little boy that liked to, you know, climb trees and get into trouble, and this and this nurturing, loving, sweet, and somewhat effeminate young man that, you know, I, I led a life feeling bad about that and beating myself up about it because, you know, I had that parent that, you know, had that, that Western wind because of, you know, Christian ideals that told her to tell me, don't hold your hand a certain way, don't walk a certain way, don't, don't give off this, don't do that. I get to a place, like, in my 30s is when it hits me that, you know, Michael, just be free. Be who you are and just enjoy these energies, embody these energies because these energies have helped other people. You know, something as, sim- something as simple as that nurturing aspect of my femininity is what has helped soothe many people's problems that, you know, I've I lived a life where people would just talk to me for no reason, tell me their life story, and I don't mind listening. And even if I've not lived it, I at least sympathize, and I can at least nurture and care for that person through whatever they're going through. So I had to come to the understanding that neither of these energies belong solely to one sex or gender. You know, these energies are something that we could all have. I've seen women that bolster a sort of masculine ideal that it's just beautiful to see these women, you know, stand at the helm and rival the men that they work with. So right. I think that, yeah, they're energies. And I look forward to seeing the progression in thought, which is why, you know, talking about gender identity and attraction and things like that, the way that you guys have, over, you know, the previous broadcasts that I've listened to, it's really helpful to a lot of people to hear these conversations actually walked out so that they can understand that. Like, you don't have to sit here and let this standard that sits up here on the television or that sits up here in front of you because your parents have been taught this for generations, you don't have to let that govern how you live your life and hopefully break this, this cycle of people being repressed because they can't be themselves, you know. I'm right. I know I talk a lot, but my <laughs> people, I say, like people don't understand. Like I feel like a, a one one trait of masculinity to me is repression. You know, um, if if I was in terms of like how it shows up or how it's being socialized, like I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like really I feel like the entire heteronormative um, ideal is based on repression and it's a lot more heavily, it's, it's a lot stricter on males, you know, and it's a lot stricter on people that are apparently masculine identified or masculine presenting. And disruption in the kingdom, like it, it causes a lot of madness. It causes the, it causes people's masculinity to be extremely fragile. It causes people to be able to say things like, well, if we see, two men enjoying mozzarella sticks in a commercial, then that's going to turn my child gay when it's like, no, the thing is, what you are even recognizing in yourself is that not having had that behavior normalized made it so that you repressed any notion toward that behavior and that what it, what having that behavior normalized will do is stop the enforcement of said repression, which will definitely change stuff, you know? And, um, I mean, just like an example, when we talk about how um, so many of these straight men are trans-attracted, but once people find out that 
they're trans attracted, they are automatically placed in a position where now they have to defend their masculinity. When it's like, no, you're trans attracted, you were attracted to this woman's femininity in the first place. So your masculinity needs no defending because it's still, quote unquote, properly placed in its opposite polarity attraction, you know, but end of the day, what winds up happening, these cis straight men commit violence on our trans sisters and it's, it's the repression and the societal pressure to repress that causes this fragility in masculinity. If you felt strong enough and secure enough in your masculinity and had it well-defined for yourself and not based on anybody else's ideals, um, nobody could tell you who and who, um, who, to, who to have sex with and who not to have sex with, who to date, who to marry, and who not to date. Like, no one could tell you that, you know? Um, it's gotten to the point where masculinity is not only regulated on, on people's sexes and people's gender identity and, and things of that nature, but it's even regulated in people's sexuality. They like So many cis hetero people believe you cannot be homosexual and masculine. Like, it's not a possibility. So, like, when certain masculine-identified, um, same-gender-loving males um, feel a way about how, like, they're not being represented in media, I can come from an understanding place, you know, of that. It's like, okay, calm down. You Like, you're still walking out in, this, in these streets with male and masculine presenting privilege, so, like, let's not do that. But same time, it's like if some of these people – masculine for being like you know while still being gay in the first place then maybe there would even be such representation like it's it's this cycle repression is this ridiculously vicious cycle that makes the fragile the fragility of men rub up and and um create dissonance between what they consider their strength and then what they have to do is go to what, what again, masculinity is socialized in this warrior soldier mentality, they go to violence. So if I had to have one ask, which we'll ask again at the end of the, at the end of the show, but if I had to ask masculinity and those that are masculine identified one thing, it would be to, Find something other than repression to attach it to. <laughs> it's got to be something else. <laughs> you know, it's got to be something else. Absolutely. It's, it's exciting, like you said, this is the type of thinking that has allowed people to think that it's okay to harm another individual. That, you know, harming trans people because because of what? Something as simple as an, out, an outward appearance or a gender identity. And seeing that as you doing some sort of a good deed in the world. I mean, how warped of a mentality do you have to have? You know, right. before we realize that this is fragility and it's, it's killing us is what it is. It's killing all our people and and counting out an entire sect of people within, you know, within the corpus of what it is to be a person of color or to be black, you know, it, it, it separates us in a way. 
And right. the worst, the, you know, the worst thing and the most conniving thing someone can do is to divide and conquer. I say, and I, it's, it's interesting. This this topic comes up a little bit um, a lot. Um, you know, in terms of the idea of like a gay agenda, what people don't see is that what the government did with you know the the um, LGBTQ um, civil rights movement is allowed for the holes in the civil rights movement that did not include same gender loving and other people in the black community their rights totally forgot about us you know what I'm saying and what it did was allow us which you know if we're going to be real a lot of times because of our margins we've got to be more intelligent you know like like when we talk about women let's let's go straight to the other side of this masculine divide that people want to have when you talk about women women tend to be smarter than men not only because they, you know what I'm saying, are the ones that are raising the children, let alone having them, let alone, you know what I'm saying, making sure anything is going right in children. Therefore, they have to be concerned about more. they got to be concerned about more, period, when it comes to their safety. So their marginalization allows them a certain level of intelligence, and levels of intelligence tend to also come with understandings of intersectionality. So it's like when we're like, hey, we're missing this. Like we're helping y'all write these 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 proposals. We're helping y'all write these signs. We're helping y'all do this that, and third. We're standing right in front of y'all while they are attacking us with dogs and hoses and batons and you know what I'm saying the the whole nine yard bullets even and y'all don't even want us to be able to get married to each other because what it makes you somehow look less masculine, which then makes you feel like you're weak. Let's associate femininity with something other than weakness and masculine identify people. It's not, it's not weak. And li- and literally your needing it to be weak is another thing that's allowing this fragility to take over when you find yourself in the space with a feminine energy that might be more massive than yours, that might have a bit more aggression than your masculinity is used to coming from a feminine side. And she's not suddenly masculine. Like, a mama lion is the first one that will take your head off if you touch her baby. The 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 pappy be chilling in the, in the corner most of the time. Chilling. So let's not confuse. Again, like, this is why, like, again, it's like, what is, like, okay, as an energy, how do we even define how that energy shows up? And I know that, you know, certain religious practices have um, religious um, and metaphysical explanations to these energies, but, like, is there an ability to create some kind of blanket definition for how these energies show up and work in a room that doesn't necessarily reveal the inner secrets of any religious practice. You know, like what like what do we say that allows people to have because we live in a society where even though words are meaningless, people still like need words and still need a level of understanding and need something else to to follow. You know what I'm saying? Like we we're saying, hey guys, give X, Y, and Z up, but like we can't necessarily define it for them, and we want y'all to be able to define it for yourselves, but I think it would be good to at least define where that energy 
is place directed and comes from so that when you find the connection to that energy, you can define the behaviors and the ideals for yourself, you know? Like what would what would any of you guys say the the I, I guess the description or the definition of masculine energy is? Well, you know, I firm I firmly agree with you on that. Um, and you know, shout out to Bayard Rustin <laughs> that you know will forever you know just be ignored and. and as a part of the fabric of our history as black people in this country, but was one of the most influential people as far as, you know, as far as Martin Luther King was concerned, you know, shout out to, you know, folks like James Baldwin that don't get talked about like they need to, you know, and, you know, it's that same fragility that's allowed them to be erased from, you know, the fabric of our history. You know, you ask your average child, who's learned anything about black history in this country and the first thing and they're never gonna mention anybody like Bayard Weston or James Baldwin or any of the or, or any of the sort. But we were there just the same. You know, you know a lot of people same. don't know James Baldwin was gay and I'm just like, how did you miss that? <laughs> like like it comes like, oh, like like I told a few people that James Baldwin was gay and they were like surprised and I'm like how like how do you just glaze over that? Even Malcolm X being a bisexual, I mean, hey, like people just like to gloss over that too. But that's not what we're, what we're talking about here tonight. Um, well, you guys can call in nine one four two zero five five four five eight if you have any questions or comments or anything to add to the conversation. We're live here at blogtalkradio.com slash newpie. Um. I was I had something to add to the conversation and it escaped me, so never mind. <laughs> like I just so it literally like left my mind and I like now it's like it's not coming. I'm like, damn. Well we were talking about masculine energy. So wait, what did you say? What did you I I've also wonder what would happen if we if we were if we no longer associated certain things activities or anything with a specified, you know, sort of socialization with gender or anything like that. Like what would happen if people stopped associating dresses with a woman? Right. You know, what 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 would that look like? That those are the things that, that I mean that, that fluctuates like culturally as well. Like we, we look at things through an extremely colonized lens when it comes to terms of like gender identity and expression and what that shows up as, so a lot of that is convoluted by like colonialism and like the need to like assimilate into whiteness. Because if you were to say that in like say Mozambique, they'd be like, "Well, what's a skirt?" Because nobody's wearing pants here. <laughs> like, that's not. That's not what's happening. So like. You got it, and like people don't even kind of look at that. Like when people want to say, like, "Oh, um, it's emasculation." Like all these men wearing skirts and da 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 da. I'm just like, "What are you talking about?" Like that's literally just like a gender assignment of like Europeans and very few other cultures. 
Like, it's hot in most other places in the world. No, nobody's wearing pants. It's like, no, no. Right. Makeup even, like, adornment is, like, literally in a lot of, like, mammals and, like, human right. society is for men to, like, attract women. So it's like, because we're, we're not the prize here. There's, there's dick everywhere. <laughs> and I think to your point it also stands to, to for people to understand how time times fucking change. Times change people. Like y'all talk y'all be upset at these men with they with they you know, a million inch Remy on the top of their head with they weave or they wigs, but like um even white people when it came to men wore wigs, heels, peplums, etc. So like you, you know what I'm saying, like y'all are not even paying attention to history enough, you know what I'm saying, based on your own oppressor to be able to say anything about fashion having to do with anyone's gender or sexuality. Like clothes are clothes and people like what they like and most people, you know, have a decent awareness of what they look good in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes somebody looks good in, you know what I'm saying? Like my like my 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 lower half would look better in a pair of baby fat jeans than it would a pair of, you know, the men's line in Ivisu. And Ivisu is extremely more expensive, but my, my body don't work with men's clothes. I got a I got a suit tailored, a tux tailored for some gig at Carnegie Hall that I had recently. And he like the the, the, the tailor was literally like, So I have to I was like, I know you have to do these proportions more like a woman's fan. It's fine. Like, yes. <laughs> like it just is what it is. So I think there could be more trust in masculinity too, because like y'all don't even trust you don't trust yourself to actually know who you are and be yourself without somebody else's say so, and you don't trust other people to know what it is that they need for themselves, especially your women, especially your friends. You don't trust your friends whatsoever. I'm sorry, Michael. You was about to say something. Who? Oh, well, no, 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 no. I, I totally loved everything you just said right there because, like, it was everything I was thinking. But, to, like, people will be mind blown to sit and find out that, you know, what we know is pants, just something as simple as a pair of pants, that, you know, pantaloons themselves are about a good 700 years in age, but the actual first pair of anything that looked like pants were were actually designed for women to protect them when they rode horses in in, in what is now Iran, but you know way way, way, way back when, right. you know. And and it was funny how like for as much as people try to run from the conversation or try to avoid having this conversation or just you know get up on a soapbox and never want to come down, there was um the actual former um leader of one of the largest black church organizations in this country, uh, the Church of God in Christ, uh, Bishop G. E. Patterson, unknowingly oh, had a conversation oh, about uh, unknowingly had a conversation about gender norms when he talked about, you know, back in the eighties, going in the late eighties going into the nineties, he started doing these little short services in the week for the people who worked and couldn't and, and probably were too tired to come on on a Sunday. And as these people were coming in off the street, some of them had, had been in the church forever. Some of them had never been to church. And there were women walking in in pants. And, you know, in that day and age, that was 
a taboo, a woman wearing pants, regardless of who they of, of who they were labeled for. So what happens? Right. He starts citing, citing scripture, talking about how you know if you take some of these things in the Bible this literally, then you know wearing blended fabric alone will get you in trouble. You know, and then he sat and talked about you know the fact that at the time pants were about a six or seven hundred year old invention. Mm-hmm. So he said, I stand to reason that you wouldn't have found a man wearing pants when the Bible was written because this is thousands of years. These scriptures are thousands of years old. Right. So you know, there was there he was having this conversation talking about if you strip down this whole notion of what, of what this is supposed to look like or what these people are supposed to look like coming in that are just seeking some spiritual guidance, then what do you have left? People, human beings in need of something. You stop seeing these societal norms in that moment. So granted, he wasn't cheering on, any, he wasn't cheering on us SGL or trans people or anything like that, but just something as simple as talking about pants and its association with masculinity and its association with with men, that's a limited view, and you can't focus on that. So I think that when you strip down these norms and you take away the very thing that a lot of people cherish in terms of, like, preserving their little fragile masculinity, there's nothing to stand on. Where do you go from there? You know, but, you know what can you do at that point? Because now you don't, you don't have a reason to hate someone. Yeah. <laughs> You know, now you can almost sit and embody whoever, you know, whatever energy works for you. And then you got got hetero men out here that embody femininity without knowing it. Because these same strong men that represent us in the public are the same ones that turn into the most loving and the most nurturing people in the world when their daughters come come to talk to them about something. Right. So, you know. I just think that like the whole that whole fragility mess I can't deal with because it's detrimental to us as people in general in so many ways and I just wish we could just like you said do away with this lens that we that was forced upon us that told us that this is like what even the whole like. test like kill me and I'm like point to one hieroglyph painting of a nigga in pants please <laughs> show me yes show me. Yes. <laughs> Like they killed me. Show you know, me Ahmed Abdul Akramin. Oh wait, wait. Oh no, Ab- I was looking at it for a second. I thought we had. No, a no, you're fine. No, go ahead. Oh. No, no, no. Like this, like just, just the idea of these hotels putting up a picture of a, of a quote unquote effeminate, of an effeminate man who may potentially be SGL or whatever the case may be, and you sit and ridicule. You just go in under this picture and you get your jollies off just talking about how, oh, he didn't have a father present. Oh, he didn't have this present. Oh, he didn't have. You know, this is the, this is what's destroying our community. But by right. all, by, by all means, go ahead and blame femininity in the black man for the destruction of, of our community because it wasn't redlining. Okay, it wasn't redlining. It was. It's not, no, no, it's no. not poisoning the food. It's not. It's not not providing health care. It's not not giving you back your reparations. It's 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 queers. Queers is doing it. And right, it's, because, it's, because, it's, because the school to prison pipeline that had nothing. Right, to do. that's not doing it. Right, at all. Because <laughs> you having eight kids by eight women, did, like is doing nothing on the mental health of your child. But whatever, um, children. Oh, we have but, a poem. Um, hold on, guys. Hold on, so let me make this one point. Number ending in six zero six five. 
You're on with us, six zero six. Okay. How are you doing? Before you, before you say anything, let me make this one point. Um, huh? Nothing. Nothing. So the thing is, damn. So the thing is, they are associating that everything that you just spoke about with them making this um. I, like with them having to throw hate at other people, it's them literally like playing assimilation Olympics and being like, "Ha, you're a loser for not being able to be programmed into this heteronormative way as effectively as effectively as I have." Like, and that just goes back to my other point about repression needing to be the end of it. Like, stop it with the oppression. Thank you. Okay, caller six zero ending in six zero six five. Um, introduce yourself when you're online with us. Hi, y'all. It's David. How are you? Oh, bye bye. Um, I was just getting into this while I was while I was cleaning up in this damn house. But no, I I think I think that it's silly because when you break it down to bare break it down to bare minimum human beings clothes were literally used to protect from the elements. What is gender-specific about survival? Nothing. Nothing. If you break everything down to its bare minimal, what humans were utilizing things for, it's that. It's like you can't do that. You can't gender-specify food. People do that shit all the time. I was watching this documentary, Ugly Delicious, and you see all these things like, oh, men eat meat, and men eat steaks, and women eat salads. Like... Like, we weren't herbivores. Like, we weren't eating these things naturally just to survive. Like, this is how silly it's all become. And it's just, it's sad. It's sad because when you talk about freedom in, in its true entirety, and you talk about from, from black people to people of color in whatever way, you're never going to have that if you're not making space for everyone. It can't be exclusive. You can't sit there and say for some of us and for some of us who want to conform to this popular notion or to want to conform to whatever this is because conformity never got anybody anywhere. So it's sad sad and it's crazy and and it it makes me laugh so much that we we can sit here and truly delve into technology and all the beautiful things we have now because of progression, because people thought outside the box and dared to be different, dared to not conform and benefit fully from all those ideas. But when it doesn't suit some stupid social norms, which was never created to serve us for our benefit at all, (laughs) we want to cling to that to further oppress and further ostracize our own fucking people. Makes no fucking sense. Preach it, preach it. I do have a question, but it's, it's a little bit, I feel like it's a little bit simpler for us as people who are SGL and already outliers to make these, like, adjustments in our masculinity because we didn't have those restrictions to an extent in the first place, like, after we let go of the obligation of having to perform them, whereas, like, straight men and cis-hetero men um, women perpetuate patriarchy too. So, what are they? What are what are some of your ideas about what they should do to sort of break these cycles? Because, like, you'll have Who's women they? that also like raise sons, like, "Don't cry, 
don't act like a little girl, like, or even just like culturally sometimes boys aren't allowed to play with girls and interact with them or even like just get attention. Like it's not, what happens is you wind up defining your your masculinity in opposition to feminine. Like I'm Child a man because I'm not a girl. Child. And like when you do that, oh like you'll never be satisfied without women being beneath you. But women sometimes support and enforce that because you hear women saying, I don't want no weak man. I don't want no man that cries. I don't want no man that likes other men, even though he's into me. So, like, what are what are the straight men supposed to do? I mean, the, the reality is, unfortunately, is, is the deprogramming always has to start from the places and the people position who own who own that mantle. You know what I'm saying? And as far as as far as men who are who are benefiting fully off of patriarchy and, and any type of misogyny that is that is circulated within the community, they just need to utilize their platform to speak against it, to demand that that's not okay, to to talk about it to their daughters and to their mothers and challenge system every fucking moment that they get. As tiring as it is, as the Yawa knows, and as many of you know, constantly challenging something gets tiring. But it's like almost becomes obligatory because you know the people that come later on need that. And that's where we're at right now. We need people to break this shit down. We need people to have these conversations, little red table talks and shit. Well, we won't get on that, Yawa. But, you know, to have these (laughs) conversations, you know, have these safe conversations where people can be like, yo, how has that really served you? So now you raise right. this boy but, okay. like like this. What has it done? How, how are their how relationship? They feel, how they feel it, it, it creates another, creates another generation of angry black, of angry men. Who, and then angry black women at that. Who, who, who walk around carrying all the weight of this baggage and never and never see anything clear. And and at that, they're now one more victim of the same system. Because Absolutely. that anger that you've made them refresh, they're taking out on the world. But mm-hmm. what it what it what it actually gains them is access, or at least like a feigned access to these creature comforts that white people have like said is so lovely and wonderful. You know what I'm saying? So like. There are, like, we as, you know what I'm saying, as GL and gender nonconforming and, you know, trans people have had to make ways out of no way a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, which sometimes meant conforming to certain things, like if you wanted, you know what I'm saying, your hair to be a certain way, you might have to make it another way, you know what I'm saying, you might not be able to go to work in your makeup, you might not, you know what I'm saying, at least... Ten years ago, at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when I was in the workforce, it's like, you got to make certain concessions just to have a job. But at the end of the day, you get to still live your life outside that. do all of these extra things that, like, like we have to do all these extra things, things they don't have to do. All they have to do is be this one kind of zombie all day long. And what they don't realize is another thing that they're gaining, and the biggest thing that they're gaining is um, more reliance on the system. Like when you when you think that way, you've got to rely on this thing that you're giving all of your energy to, you know. I totally get it. And my thing is, why why insist on perpetuating something that the people who put it into practice don't even practice? That's my shit. Yes, it is. Going behind the way of mine. 
colonize them, they can switch it up all the fuck they want. They ain't worried about that. Half the shit. They get to just be however they want. Listen, don't yeah. start preaching us in here. Preach it, preach it, that's how stupid that is. Let's both conform to this way that doesn't really work for us and that the same folks that put it into practice don't need to practice themselves. But see, they, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I absolutely doesn't make sense. But then when you are so convinced that essentially what they're saying is every is if every single person <laughs> in their community conformed to the way that they have conformed, then we could get somewhere. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. that idea also that needs to be broken. This like idea, like, okay, again, returning masculinity to minusculeness is literally understanding that, like, like if, if, okay, like if I had to describe the masculine energies and um, feminine energies as, as, as one thing, um, with one word each, I would say that femininity is space and community, and masculinity is penetration and singularity and your your the way you allow for that to actually work in the space is to like take things step by step they make these blanket statements over this very narrow focus that they are are supposed to have as masculine beings you know but try to then open that focus or make everybody focus in on what they're focusing on and it's like no you understand True masculinity understands the idea that what I think doesn't have to necessarily be what everybody thinks. You know, exactly. and it's, just, it's really and understanding thing, like, the individuality of it all. Do you know? And the rough like, patch in that. And that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but, no, but sorry. the rough pa- the rough patch in that like situation is, as it's always been said, once you have someone's mind, you have them. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of us, a lot of our views have been marred by this need to chain, our, chain link ourselves to the church and take these ideals, put them in place of common sense and run with it. Because the right. problem is, is that the majority of, like, the majority of the people that have influence within our community as people of color are not changing the rhetoric. Because so many of these people, uh, so many of our people fell in love with people like Tyler Perry and Bill Duke film because they thought they were getting this massive education about what was going on in the world. You know, something as simple as always portraying homosexual men or gay men or SGL men as the source of AIDS and HIV in the black community. And then, right. you know, then telling folks that, you know, if you ha- if somebody ends up with AIDS and HIV, you know they mess with men. When it couldn't possibly right. have been any other circumstance that would have caused it. So then you take right. that and you associate it with femininity in a man, and you see that this and you see this is degradation, and this is what's destroying us. And it's like because our people lean and depend on people like Tyler Perry and Bill Duke and all these others that put out these trash films that just destroy us. You know, saying that we are the source of every single woe and problem because we're convenient. We're convenient source of blame. We're the patsy for everything that's going on because of. Something as simple as our, our our people's minds are so warped and chain-linked to Christian ideals. There's nothing wrong with being Christian, but well. anytime you get so so, so, so <laughs> absorbed in into – no, no, I, when I say that, there's nothing wrong with what you believe in what you believe, but never be so absorbed into it that you forget that you we live a human condition. We are people before we're anything else. We're beings, right. and you can't just – you can't apply faith to – 
everything that you see out here in this world. Sometimes you have to be smart enough to realize that regardless of the rhetoric that you've been taught, you live a life that tells you differently. So something's right. got to register. But, you know, it also comes from the fact that a lot of us never dig any deeper beyond what's presented to us. You ask, you ask 12 Christians about what the Council of Nicaea was, and they won't, tell, and they won't be able to tell you. <laughs> because of the fact that they're used to these norms, and unfortunately, yeah, absolutely it's, right. it's, it's, it's easier. It's easier to just not dig any deeper, take it at face value, run with it. Because at that point, you got somewhere to put all of the anger from you being oppressed under the same system. You know, her, that whole you know people wanting someone to oppress them, they feel a little bit better. It's the same crap that right. went on, you know, when when W. E. B. Du Bois came on the scene and developed that concept of black elitism. This is what the good Negro looks like. This is what the proper Negro looks like. You go, you get a, you go to college, you, you know, you get a good job, you go to church every Sunday, and you're not part of the, you know, the trash people. Right. You're not gay, you're not this, you're not that, because many people were silenced, you know, something as simple as, um, what was it, um, Bruce Nugent. A person who, who no one, most people won't even know, but wrote some of the most beautiful stuff that I've ever read from the Harlem Renaissance. But unfortunately, we keep pushing, you know, we keep pushing the same ideals, and we're never going to know these people because we want to be the respectable Negro. We want to conform to what to what's expected of us. But you know, I think that us being SGL men, like 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 it was said earlier, we opened our minds you know, long ago and stop this performance. And when we stopped performing, what happened? We found peace some of because us, we were I able to, to just some live and be. Some of us love stepping in session for the straights. So I can't say all of us. Love some it. of us have stopped performing. It's all right, yeah. But oh, it's, it's we'll really talk. true. We'll talk. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, go ahead. So what um, – because I'm assuming we're at a, a healthy time closest to the end. So I'm going to ask this. We have about gone. four minutes left. Okay, so three quick things off the top of your head things that you would ask of males and masculine identified people for 2020. <laughs> I, that's too hard to pack in the four minutes. Just give us words. Just give us like three words. Well, well, I guess what what I would ask, and this is gonna be hard as I'll get out. What I would ask the straight male or the hetero male to just stop projecting these requirements onto our uh, onto the young men that are coming into this world. Please. You know, just please. I, I can't even think of a third, or a second, or a third one, but that was like the big one for me. Love it. Yeah, because the, the performance is it's a hurtful thing, and I don't know. I you're talking to somebody like I I survived a suicide attempt because my whole you know I I, I thought I'd lost my entire family when I came out. So yes. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah, there was a point in my life at the age of sixteen I didn't want to live anymore, and thanks and and I was fortunate enough to get away from it. And I think that because of the, the toxicity that comes from this need to place these regimens on people and tell people that you can't be 
definition other than what we say you can be. It's a recipe for for hurt, and I see too many other people that have hurt and some weren't as fortunate as me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they, I say, people need to hold, hold space for one another. People need to hold space for one another. It's really that simple. We need to stop trying to project our ideals and what we think on people and hold space for them. Where are you at? That's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, be you, do you, and that's okay. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I don't get it. Like the, the, even even just, I mean, it's not that we're on that subject, but even, like, just misusing pronouns and nonsense. We can call a doctor a doctor right away. We can call a judge, your honor. We just met their ass, and we already got titles for them, but you can't, you can't get anybody's pronouns right? Come on now. Let, like, live and let live. And, Jack, what's the third thing? We got a minute left. What's the third thing that we're in? Let go of the attachment to oppression, to repression. Let it go. Set yourself free. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you so much stronger if you just, like, let yourself go. Like, take a deep breath. Hold it. Let it go. Like, for real. You'll be, you'll be happier. You'll be stronger. You'll be able to do all these things that are being asked of you way more freely and with less pain to yourself and less bruising to the illusions you set forth for yourself. And everything will be better. <laughs> and none of this Western oppressive colonized shit worth keeping. Like, it worked for white people, but whiteness is evil, so why would you want to be like that? Um, <laughs> Thank you for sitting with us tonight under the new country. Make sure you tune in live every week here at blogtalkradio.com slash anukai. Follow us on Spotify, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Oh, wait, we're not on Twitter. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are available. And we'll see you guys next week. And thank you to our wonderful guests for tuning in. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. And have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> y'all wanna get on the y'all wanna get on a messenger call? Uh, Yo! Uh,